This is episode number 25 with Scott Stalker. Coach Stalker is currently the head varsity baseball coach at Madeira High School. I think everybody listening to these, whether you're a player or a coach, can get a lot of value out of this episode. Uh, coach Stalker really emphasizes, you know, the mental game a lot. You know, he's a fierce competitor. I played for Coach Stalker actually back in 2010. Um, he knows how to get the most out of his players. He's coached some really high-profile players, including Andrew Benatendi. And so whether you're a coach or a player or just a fan of the game, I think that you would really enjoy this episode and just take, learn a lot from Coach Stalker. So without further ado, Scott Stalker. What's up, everyone? This is Patrick Jones. You're listening to The Road to the Show. Today we have on head baseball coach at Madeira High School, Scott Stalker. Coach, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. So last night we had the NL MVP debate. Actually, not debate, but the the results. Votto ended up uh, getting snubbed, I thought, in my opinion. Um, did you? Who do you think? Who would you have winning the MVP? Honestly, I thought it was going to be Stanton, and it basically comes down to the team's record and the fact that he – uh, had a monster year dropping bombs, and that's kind of how it goes. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, do you, how closely do you, are you able to follow like baseball throughout the season? Obviously, you're coaching, so you're busy. Um, are there any? Do you follow the Reds like throughout the season? Yeah, usually. I hate to say it because I'm a baseball fanatic, um, but a lot of times, whatever I'm doing with baseball happens to be in front of my computer screen or video analysis or whatever, dealing with my guys in the mm-hmm. summer or fall or winter or spring. Uh, so a lot of times MLB takes a back seat uh, that's kind of background noise on the TV in the background. So, you know, I'll, I'll still watch. But and then you say you're, you're big, you like, you know, to get away from baseball, you're a hunter. So you like to hunt a little bit and fish? Yep. Uh, I'm dying right now to get out there. It's the middle of the rut. Uh, I'm actually going to try to get out there uh, tomorrow before I run some lessons and again Sunday morning. But haven't had a whole, line, whole lot of time lately to hunt. Uh, I fish anytime I get a chance in the summer. usually do it in the mornings before games or if we have some morning games in the evening. Pond, right? Uh, probably two miles down the road east fork lake so i'm there a lot you're there a lot yeah, I'm, I'm i'm a 10 minute drive away from dropping my boat in so we're yeah gonna go gotcha um going back to baseball a little bit what players do you like like watching you know around the big leagues you know you have it you have your high school team are there any players that you like to go back to when you we talk about your high school players like hey like you should watch this guy you should watch you know this guy pitch or the his mentality or anything like that uh, first of all, almost all of them. Yeah. If, if you're just, you know, talking to a young kid, whether it's, you know, middle school, high school, or even early college, those guys are professionals. So regardless of what you think about them personally, they got there for a reason, whether it's uh, mentality, physics, uh, or physicality, um, or mechanics. So, I mean, if they're watching baseball, I'm happy. Obviously, uh, at the high school level, they can't repeat and possibly produce exactly what MLB athletes are, but it's a good start. Uh, mentally, I'm still old school. Anytime I look at, you know, pitching, for instance, I go straight to Roger Clemens, Greg Maddox, Pedro Martinez. Uh, that's there I grew up in and, and the dudes I really watched and appreciated. And I'm, I'm skipping a whole lot more, but we start there. Uh, today, oh, man, if you're talking movement, probably Kluber. Just two-seam sinking action. Um, Scherzer, 
basically anybody that puts different movement and spin on the ball and anybody that competes. So, like Clemens, going back to Clemens Martinez, you like that mentality of just, like, going out there and just, if you look at me wrong, I'm going to hit you in the back. Well, maybe not exactly <laughs> like that at the high school level, but I think it's a good mentality to have. You have to have tunnel vision. You have to compete. And if you're um, in any way, shape, or form doubting yourself – um, and you know it playing ball. Anytime you doubt yourself, you've probably automatically failed. So you just got to go out with the mentality that you're going to dominate this pitch all the time. Um, speaking of that, Nolan Ryan's another one. Uh, obviously, we didn't probably see him exactly in his prime, being in our age group. But we saw him towards the tail end when he was still a great pitcher. How do you get your kids to get in that mindset? Because, you know, obviously coaching high school kids, um, they don't always believe in themselves. They don't always – they really don't know – what was going on? Uh, I know I really didn't for the most part. How do you get them to understand that or get that mentality? Uh, it's a long process. Yeah. You know, it, it literally starts eighth grade freshman year when I first start to get them, you know, for conditioning, lifting, maybe a little bit of open gyms. Uh, and we just preach it daily. And usually by the time they're seniors, it really starts to click with them. And what I hope is that my seniors have the leadership to start to make that transcend throughout the entire program. Um, my phrase is stick to the grind. And I know they don't get that as freshmen, but by the time they get the senior year, when they, you know, maybe reach the college level and start, you know, texting again with me, it starts to make a lot of sense to them. And baseball is a grind, and I think it prepares you for life in that way. You can deal with anything. Yeah. Um, I was up, up at practice the other day, and you guys were already hitting in November. Do you think that if your goal is to play college baseball, it has to be year-round? That's a really – Tough subject in high school sports. I wouldn't say it has to be year-round. There's nothing wrong with two- or three-sport athletes whatsoever. Um, if you're a two-, three-sport athlete, it probably means you're athletic enough to do that, and that's something college coaches or MLB scouts and teams are looking for. But what I would say is you better be dedicated almost all year-round in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't mean that you have to have tunnel vision to where 24-7, 365, you need to be doing something with baseball and can't enjoy football or wrestling or basketball, um, things of that nature. But – if you're in basketball season or football season, there's a good chance you're probably still getting your swings on the side or you know having proper arm maintenance. Uh, for instance, one of my guys decided to play soccer this year, and yeah, he played six days a week, but he was also on a throwing program uh, three to four days a week and actually bumped up three miles per hour uh, over soccer season into baseball season, so that was good to see. How's your team looking this year? Uh, well, on paper, you know, you know how it goes. You never yeah. know what's going to happen in the season, but uh, I think the whole team agrees this could be a very promising year. Um, and I think everyone that's returning really believes that we have a good chance to make a deep run in the tournament. Um, but you never know. It only takes, you know, the, the wrong wind or the ball, you know, to roll the wrong way, and all of a sudden the season's over. It could be first round and you're out. But um, at least going in, I think we're very confident the guys are focused and they're working hard. And that's the thing about high school baseball, you know, at least from what I remember, is the season's so short, and you can get it can get, it can get to a point where, if you get you know a few rainouts here or there, I mean it kind of steps you back a little bit. Um, are any of your guys? I know what one specifically signed to go to Wright State. Um, are he the only one who's going to play college baseball that next year? Uh, as of right now, I got at least one more senior that definitely has the capability. It's just one of those guys, kind of a late bloomer. He's up to eighty-six miles per hour on the mound right now. Uh, I think you saw the video the other day. He was deadlifting like five hundred pounds, oh, something crazy. crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know, he started out as a hundred and fifty-pound freshman. Uh, gain strength and speed, and he really wants to play. I mean, kid's a genius, work ethic, 34 ACT, so I think something's out there. Just things got to shift out for him. So Yeah, I mean, 34 ACT, I don't, I don't even want to repeat what I got on the ACT in here. but yeah, You uh, only need half that to be an NCAA eligible, right? <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, do you ever run into a situations where 
the bigger schools try to recruit players away from you or they actually do recruit players away from you? Not that I'm aware of. Um, obviously, we know that's not supposed to happen. You never know if it does. You hear rumors, this, that, and other. But I'd say I have a pretty good relationship with most of the bigger schools around, and I tend to try to play them to challenge our guys through the season, whether you know we win or lose. Um, so, no, not on my end. You'll hear, you'll hear people say that in the background, but I've never personally seen it, at least not on the baseball aspect of it. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Because, again, like you said, I, I've, I've heard that too. So yeah. that's what I was wondering about. You coached Andrew Benatendi, currently you know, with the Boston Red Sox. I remember you telling me, actually, because I played for you 2010 with the yep. Cincy Flames in the summer. I remember you telling me that you had this kid named Andrew Benatendi. He was like, I think, 7th or 8th grade at this time. Yeah, I think he was in 8th grade. 8th grade, and I was just thinking, you know, I just kind of was like, yeah, I'm sure he's going to be great. Like, you know, no, and, then, like, and then a couple of years later, I was like, yeah, I guess he was right. Like, this kid's the real deal. Um, how did you know? even back in like eighth grade, that he was special? Yeah. Well, that's a tough question, right? We can't really project all eighth graders to be some, you know, MLB superstar. But I would say um, it's impressive when any eighth grader can take BP off a high school coach that was an ex-pitcher because I don't exactly throw a straight fastball. You know how BP's usually straight. My tends to move a little bit more cut on accident because I spent my life trying to, you know, get the other side out, not to let them hit it. And so my stuff runs all over, and he still put one or two out his first BP session in eighth grade. Um, I, I don't remember exactly how many, but he drove the ball very well for, let's say, a five-foot-six buck 40, something like that, yeah. being in eighth grade. And all of a sudden he's up there facing a kid throwing 83, 84 his freshman year, full count, and still gets a base hit. First first uh, high school bat, if I'm not mistaken. It was either base hit or a walk, but whatever it was, it, it impressed me just for the fact that he had that composure being a freshman. And every year, it just he continued to have more composure, more speed, more power. And now, you know, the rest is history, at least to this point. We'll see so you're not, you're not necessarily surprised that he's – because you didn't – I mean, you didn't mention any other, you know, eighth grade. You were like, this kid's special. Like, I'm telling you right now, he's only in eighth grade. So was there – was it his swing? Like, did you see his swing? Was it pretty short? Or was it just, like, his makeup a little bit as well? Or – just throughout his high school uh, career, did you ever think that he would become the player that he is? It was that swing. Yeah. Not short, not quick yet, just smooth. Yeah. And you have to see what happens with that, if he's going to grow into his body and get, you know, uh, really start to develop the fast twitch muscles. But every year it just got shorter and sweeter. Um, and you never know. I, I kept, you know, pinching my skin. Am I delusional? Is this really going to happen? You know, I'm like, nope, I'm his high school coach. I'm just totally biased. You know, he's never going to make it. The scouts don't like him. He's undersized. You know, they, they said he'd never be able to catch up with that mid-90s fastball, but I think he's turned on him all the time. I mean, what was it like his senior year? Because he, he did get drafted his senior year, but, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, a ton of buzz about him. It wasn't like, you know, he was a late-round pick, kind of just, you know, he's from Cincinnati, so the Reds picked Yeah, him. kind of, yeah, that 30th round. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, I mean, what, what, were there people interested throughout the year, or what was, I mean, what was that There situation? was a lot of talk behind the scenes, but as you know, it comes down to money, and yeah. most people aren't willing to draft a, a five foot eight hundred and sixty pound senior out of high school for big money yeah um so he was gonna have to go prove himself out of store maybe he's five nine or whatever that's very undersized when you got six foot two to six foot four dudes that are 210 to 230 they're already producing the power and project a lot better if you're talking about being able to handle the you know the pressure of major league baseball day in and day out gotcha um and he ended up going to arkansas his freshman year came back you showed me a picture of the weight room that he trained at and for everyone out there, all these kids listening, like, I mean, you got no excuse because, I mean, no. there's no – I mean, your guys' new weight room is incredible. But, 
the old one, I mean, and that's the one where he that, – that summer is where he, you know, got stronger, went back, won national player of the year, and the weight room was like – I don't even, can't even describe it. It was just like a square. Yeah. Well, we don't call it the weight room. We call it the weight closet, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean it really is. To, yeah, we used to call it that. We could fit two squat racks, a couple machines, and some free weights. Uh, but the kid got it done, and that's all you need. I yeah. Mean, Regardless of what people say, I'm not saying that uh, personal training can't help. It, it, it does. But you know what? If you don't have the money, the time, the resources, there's rocks and sticks and logs and free weights, and you can still practice the form and get it done. Love it. And then, But now you're also implementing some weighted balls into your program. Um, is that more – is that, like, you know, the driveline program, or is that, like, you know, you know abbreviated version of that, or what is that? Um, over the last four years, I've ran weighted balls. Um, I did kind of a hybrid off what – um, I used to do at Marietta College years ago. Um, I, I dumbed it down for younger guys just because I was scared to death. Or you know, their growth plates weren't sealed. This, that, and the other. Um, and I've heard great things about driveline. I ended up um, ordering a set, reading, hacking the kinetic chain. Loved everything uh, that they said about it with you know arm care and kind of just overall uh, the physique of the pitcher. And we're trying it this year with my juniors and seniors who you know I've seen kind of mature in the weight room. Um, their, their scaps are strong, and they're good to go. Uh, huge improvements. Even my dudes who aren't supposed to be gaining miles per hour um, are gaining. You yeah. know, if, you, if you're looking at it, most of the time, a kid that's already thrown 88 is not going to jump up that high, and we're still seeing jumps. They're obviously uh, not as exponential as the guys that are starting lower on that totem pole, but if you're talking the kids – our average kid here, most of them have gained about six miles per hour, six to seven miles per hour. And that's on a crow hop, so it may not transfer perfectly over to the mound, but it's a good start. And it's still in there. I mean, at least you know he's improving something. Exactly. It's in there, and we're just – this whole winter we're working on the intent to throw and hit hard. But not – you're not doing that with everybody, right? Because, like, we were talking the other day, and I've heard some – uh, some rumors, not really rumors, but more facts where kids have been doing it, 13 years old, you know, like breaking a growth – like a – uh, a growth plate like in their um you know scap or something like that you specifically don't do it with everyone is that just for the for that you know physically unless they're you know mature enough that's that's a very theoretical argument yeah um i think you could probably start throwing weighted balls at almost any age but when you're doing that you have to make sure that that player is prepared and has probably already been introduced to quite a few things on the other end uh what i see in sports and uh i think all trainers to back this up. Most kids lack core strength uh, in many areas because of the way the 21st century is. We tend to sit more, be hunched over laptops and computers. Uh, so it's very important to really work on overall strength and flexibility, make sure their scapular load is good and that they're set in the proper area and make sure they have good thoracic rotation. Is that um, like five days a week? Uh, we're usually between four and six days a week, just depending on the program we're on. It varies just depending on basically the cycle. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. One last question, then we'll let you get going here. Right. No pressure. Are you guys going to win the state title this season? That's the goal. That's the goal. So is that a yes? We can mark that down. You you can mark it down. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've been wrong before. Okay, but, uh, but you I mean you you really think that this year you know with and you got some you know good players out there. I was watching you guys practice the other day that you guys can you know definitely put a deep run, win the state title. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. We're, we're that confident. It does not mean, you know, we already know. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, you guys are already working. Baseball, yeah. yeah. We already know what baseball can do. Yeah. It can, it can be uh, anything, any game, right? Right. Just, just the, the wrong day. But uh, I think we're at least confident that we have the team put together, the dedication, the talent. Uh, this crew's been together for three to four years. It's very senior and junior uh, strong. And I, I think that's the goal is 
to make that deep state run, and that's what we're looking towards. Awesome. Well, Coach, appreciate you stopping by today. I'll definitely be following you guys. And for everyone out there listening, make sure uh, to follow Madeira this season as they go for the state title. So thanks again, Coach. All right, man. Thanks, PJ.